Welcome back to another episode of Outside the Zone. I'm again your host, Pav, and it is a beautiful morning here in Cleveland, Ohio. Doc, where are you calling from today, and how are you, man? I am in Flavortown, USA, baby. I am doing well. You know, enjoying all the flavors brought to this beautiful city by the one and only Guy Fury. So I'm doing well. Man, I really think Columbus should go full out and change their name to Flavortown. Like, anyone else for this, I'm all in. I actually am one of the, anti- to be honest with you, I'm one of the anti-Flavortown guys. I just cannot imagine, like, people asking me, where are you from? And I'm just, and I just say Flavortown. It just doesn't, what? I don't know. But can you imagine them finally getting an NFL team or an, like an NBA team and then their team name is like the Flavortown and then insert a dessert or something delicious? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I mean, listen, that's about my pay grade. That's a whole mayor, governor discussion right there. That's about my my pay grade. So I, I'm, a, I'm a sponsorship guy, so I just see so many ideas flowing in from there. So, you know, Flavortown crew, Flavortown blue jackets. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. But welcome back to Outside the Zone. Today, we are going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. It is finally here, folks. We, after so much time off, we have NBA basketball back. And boy, is it awesome. I am so happy. But there's a championship to be won. There's a lot of teams going for it. There's a lot of sleepers that might make a difference now that we're in a bubble. This is the Eastern Conference Preview. I'm so excited, man. I'm so tired of getting up at like four in the morning and watching like the Lithuanian league and everything and like France and guys like that, dude. I, I When I look at those guys, I'm like, man, if I would have stuck with the sport, I probably could be competing over there too. So I'm happy to be finally be watching basketball where I can see guys and be like, all right, this was never attainable by, by me, no matter what I could do. So <laughs> I'm finally happy to be watching this type of basketball. When I see people on Twitter losing money on Russian bowling, I know that something's oh, wrong with our with our world. Oh man, so much. So, so much. let's 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 kick it off. Um, who is your favorite in the East? Let's start off with that and let's talk about it. All right. Well, I'd say let's go down the list one by one. That's kind of what I was thinking, but we can we can jump in the favorites if you no, want. Let's let's do that. I mean, I think I think the first one might go hand in hand. All right. Yeah, we'll go team by team then. Let's do that. So, for me. The number one team right now is the Milwaukee Bucks. They have, a histori- they have a historically, listen, that was definitely an exaggerated whoa. I think everyone expected that. They have an historically elite defense. If they even play, I think at like 90% of their level or 95 from their regular season, I don't see anyone in the East beating them. They're just that good. They're that deep. By far, they have the best player in the conference in Giannis. Chris Middleton is a very underrated too. He's one of the best closers, I think, in the NBA. Very underrated. Then they just have guys like Brooke Lopez, great defender now, can space the floor. Eric Budsoe, DiVincenzo, George Hill, Kyle Korver. They have so many guys. Wesley Matthews. Just go down the list that no team, I think, in the East really stacks up to them from a, from a, um, a perspective of just depth. So, and they have the best player too. So I think for me, the Bucks are the pick here. Right. I mean, my favorite. It's, it's obviously them that there's no, there shouldn't be a debate there have been dominant offensively, defensively, 
everything this regular season. And Giannis is only playing 30 minutes a game when that goes to the playoffs and he's playing 35. Imagine how much more points they'll put up, how much more dominant they'll be over their opponents. It's just unreal how good the Bucks have been this season. Yeah. I, I say let's move on to number two. I, I think it's pretty obvious. We all agree that the Bucks are, you know, clearly one of the three favorites to win the championship. We can talk about the other two on the next episode, but I say, yeah, I say Bucks right now, the number two team in the East from a record perspective is the Toronto Raptors. So I'm curious, they do not have Kawhi Leonard anymore. Do you think this team can legitimately have a case to make it to the finals with someone like Pascal Siakam being the go-to guy in the playoffs? You know what the Toronto Raptors, as impressive as their season is, I I, I find it hard to believe in them in the playoffs or deep in the playoffs. Mm. They haven't been as dominant against the teams that are above 500. They've really, I mean, this is no harp on them, but they've really taken advantage of being in the Eastern conference and they've won the games they need to win. Um, and more than, but when the game slows down, when the teams are playing a lot physical and they need that one guy to really score, I don't know if they have the talent compared to the other top contenders. Cause I see even the top four and five, if Old Depot plays or, or even like even going down the list, like a lot of them have that guy that mm-hmm. you can be like, okay, I would trust him repeatedly in a slowdown game. I'm like, yeah, Pascal Siakam, I just don't have the same amount of trust as I would in those other other teams. So that for that reason, I'm not as high on the Raptors and looking in at their their record against like the, the top five teams in the East during the season. Yeah, I agree. And I think Pascal, you know, Kawhi was the guy who they could just go to when they needed a bucket last year. We haven't seen it yet from P- Pascal in the playoffs. And I'm just worried that if they're playing a team like the Bucks, am I confident that he can go up one-on-one against Giannis and score on him? Not at no. all. Not at all. Or even other guys like Miami, like if the Bam is guarding him or Jimmy Butler or, you know, Ben Simmons on Philly. I just, I do not have that same confidence. And, you know, Kyle Lowry, I feel like I put, I've always had so much faith in him every single year. And I usually get burned by him in the playoffs last year being an aberration, but you know, Kawhi. So I don't know. I don't know why you always do that. Always have faith in him and DeRozan. (laughs) DeRozan, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking there, but yeah, for that reason, I... Listen, they're going to win the first round. Not even a question. Round number two, where if they get matched up against someone like the Celtics, that's going to be a tough series for them. And I don't know if they have enough firepower to get it done, even though they have probably easily the best coach in the conference. I don't know if they're going to have enough. Right. I mean, like, I think this is a perfect way to transition into the Celtics because that's what I was, they're the next team on the list. And if they were to play, like, for me, I would just trust the Celtics so much. We talked about this in our last podcast about how good Jason Tatum's been this season, especially when Kemba was out and now adding Kemba back, a healthy um, team. Um, Maybe the, maybe the lockdown was good for Gordon Hayward to just get his mind right. Because you could tell that even though his body was healthy, just wasn't, like he just didn't feel comfortable again. So maybe his confidence is back. And I'm like, that's just an added bonus if he is able to get back to where he was. But the Celtics, I think are the, the biggest sleeper out of even out of the whole NBA. They have wow. the talent to compete with anybody. They have the guy, they have two guys that can, like I would trust to score in crunch time and Kemba and Jason Tatum. They have depth on defense. The only thing is that like, I don't know if they'd be able to guard Giannis. 
Ooh, I mean, who can guard Giannis? <laughs> that's right. a great question. That's that's a hard question. I would say for the, the the Celtics, I agree. They have, I think, two guys who I would trust to to get a bucket in Kemba and Jason Tatum. In regards to Hayward, he was balling before he what he hurt his hand. I forget if he broke his hand or what it was. Fractured his yeah. Fractured yeah. So, but he was he was like getting back to his old self, like in Utah, like in you know over there. So, if he can get back to that level. If Tatum can continue the path that he was on right before the shutdown happened, and if Kemba can be healthy, I think Kemba's health is a big question too, because he hasn't been healthy, I think, in a while. If those three things line up, you know, I think Jalen Brown's going to have, you know, play well there too. And Tice gives them good minutes. And Marcus Smart, everyone always forgets about Marcus Smart. That guy right. is a baller, so, so good, good for them. Defensively, one of the best guards in the NBA, such an impact on them for them. If everything kind of falls in place for them, I could see them really. I, I see them beating Toronto, but I could really see them pushing the Bucks in a seven-game series. And I, and you're right. I don't know who would guard Giannis. It would be tough for them, but I think they have enough. They would have enough firepower to overcome it. Right. I mean, I just think about. I agree everything with what you said. I just think about like there's a difference between stopping Giannis. No one can do. Yeah. Versus containing Giannis. Possible with someone that can match up to him. But then like the Celtics, I don't even know if they can contain Giannis. Like they just don't have the people to match up with him. Like you look at those Cavs series, like, yeah, they had, they didn't have Kemba, but like it was a similar roster. Like, yeah. Jason Tatum got a little bit well, bigger. Jalen I mean, Brown I don't think you can tougher. I don't think you can compare those rosters. Tatum was what a rookie Jalen Brown wasn't there or maybe Jalen Brown was there. Sorry, but he was like in his second year if that. And I, I just don't think you can compare the two rosters. But do you, but do, you wasn't there. do you have confidence that they'd able to be able to throw enough bodies at Giannis? Like I still feel like it's they they're not gonna have any answer for him. If they can honestly limit Giannis to like I don't know. I the only thing you can do against him, I think, if you're the Celtics, is you pack the paint. And what you need to do if you're the Celtics is make sure you limit Middleton. I think you put someone, you put your best defender on basically Middleton, make sure you can't get him going. And then for Giannis, you kind of just force him to shoot from outside. Easier said than, easier said than done for sure. Pack the paint and just hope for the best. Before when they had Al Horford, Al Horford was someone who could legitimately contain, in my opinion, Giannis to a certain degree. And, you know, they no, don't I have agree. that anymore. But so, who's, who's guarding the rim? Man, that, like, that's a good I know question. Tice, Tice is there, but like, Brooke yeah. Lopez is going to spread the floor and then they, they literally don't have anybody. If, if like, that's, that's the biggest thing for the bucks, like Brooke Lopez right. is three point shooting and like Ennis Canner, yeah, you're right. Ennis Canner will might be non-existent during that series just because the bucks, yeah. like food and hoser will make him not be able to get on the floor. I, I, I just don't see the Celtics. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard for anyone to beat the bucks, but it's, yeah, it, it's a tough match. I think there are other teams in the East, like below Boston, that I think match up better. And I think we can transition over to that right now. Yeah, it's because the team the right now, the team right now, who's number four in the East, is the Miami Heat, who have surprised everyone this year. I mean, Jimmy Butler's impact. Wow. Yeah, he, I mean, if we're talking about matchups, like who do they not match up well against? Like their team is the per like the ideal matchup problem. Like they can guard almost a lot of their players can guard multiple positions. Jimmy Butler can bam up Adebayo, like defensive stall, like stalwarts. Like no one guarded Giannis better this year than Giannis or yeah. No one guarded Giannis better this year than Bam did. 
Bam was an absolute monster in the games against the Bucks on defense. Giannis could not get going. His numbers and then in this they game put Jimmy awful. on Middleton, and then that literally it's perfect. Like, that's going to make Middleton not get going. Giannis is obviously going to figure it out eventually, but if he's going to be exhausted in a seven game series and he have all these outside shooting weapons, oh, it's going to like that's that's going to be hard for the Bucks to match up with if they can defend like they did during the regular season. See, that, that's the team that I, I actually think Toronto from a matchup perspective too matches up pretty well with with the Bucks from a defense perspective just because of, you know, guys like Gasol, Ibaka, and Siakam. So, and Lowry obviously as well. But I think Miami is the other team too that I really like the matchup for them just because if Bam can take away, not take away Giannis, but contain him, which he did in the in the regular season, and then I have full confidence that Jimmy can contain Chris Middleton. Where is where is the offense coming from from the Bucks? I know they're deep, but do I trust George Hill or honestly, do I trust Eric Bledsoe to give me like twenty five or you know thirty a game, which I would need at that point? Probably not. Right, and a big reason Giannis like the Bucks have been so dominant this year, and Giannis hasn't been having to work his butt off every single game is because of Chris Middleton's ability to take the pressure off and yeah. stepping up as a playmaker. Like, imagine if that's gone, and then it's back to what happened last year. Giannis like just needing to like do everything. And it, it, it obviously is not going to work out. It's also and, like, a, and go ahead. Well, and the other thing too, is like the built-in advantage that the Bucks would have in the series. If they play in the second round one, four, which I think is probably going to happen. The built-in in advantage that the Bucks would have is home court. They don't have that anymore. Right. Yeah. There were what? 28 and three at home this year. That's in, like that. Even for like the Lakers, the Lakers, we were going to talk about this later, but like, that's just home. That's going to be so crucial that home court advantage going away. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how the bubble remakes it. But I think about it in, interesting, like mind trap right now. Like if the Celtics can avoid playing the bucks until like the Eastern conference finals and then the bucks play the heat. Like I honestly think that if the heat could beat the bucks, the Celtics would match up better against the heat yeah. and really have a chance to be. Oh, yeah. So like, if you're a Celtics fan, like you need to yeah. avoid the Bucks at all costs. Like, get it so you don't like the Bucks have to face the Raptors or the Heat before they come to you. Because, like, I don't think the Celtics are beating the Bucks. But yeah. if the Celtics can avoid the Bucks, I really they would they would be my pick to leave that conference. The listen, the, you're right. The Celtics match up really well with the Heat. They really right. do. And wow, I. Yeah, you're right. It's it's all about matchups in the East if you think about it. It's so underrated. I go back. This is the biggest example of it. I go back to the 2018 or 2017 like finals when the Rockets were almost beating the Warriors yeah. and Chris Paul got hurt. Like everyone know that the Warriors are obviously so good, but the Rockets played super well against them. They were about to beat them. And I honestly think that the Warriors were just the worst matchup problem for the Cavs because if you had LeBron guarding Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. he didn't have the energy to run the entire team on offense. But if you play the Rockets, like that's just such a good matchup on the Cavs side of things that I really think that they would have won that the Cavs would have won the ring this year, even though the Rockets were technically a much better team by getting more I, games against the Warriors. I, I agree with you, honestly. I think, I mean, I'm sure we have some bias in this matter, but right. I think, I think the Cavs, would at least have a significantly better chance at winning that series. They There's had no, doubt they had about no that. chance when they put Kyle Korver on Kevin Durant. Like that's just asking for a, for a loss, man. If only the Rockets would didn't miss 27 straight threes. Yeah. It's, it's it was just, yeah. it was written in the cards for the Cleveland to only get one championship for the next 52 years again. <laughs> um, so Once moving on to the next ball. team. Yep. <laughs> moving on to the next team, the Indiana Pacers. Now, 
I don't know, man. There might be a Kawhi Leonard kind of situation going on in Indiana, or I guess in Orlando now with with the Pacers. Like, is Victor Oladipo playing or not? That is how I judge this Pacers team. They're not getting anywhere if Oladipo is not playing, even though he wasn't that good when he was up, when he played at the end of the season. Yeah. For, I mean, but for me, it's like at least Oladipo kind of got his foot in the water again, you know, kind of got some of his, you know, things going and he, he did improve as time went on when he got back. If, if he doesn't play and if Sabonis, the biggest question for me is Sabonis because right. we know what Sabonis was for that team. So if Sabonis is not going to play, then I just don't see how they match up with a team like Miami in the first round. For yeah. me, on, honestly, I don't think they they probably don't keep their standing too because the gap between Indy and Philly is razor thin as it is already from a standings perspective. So if anything, Philly probably switches with them and then now they play Boston in the first round and they just don't have, even if Oladipo's there, even if Sabonis is there, I just don't, I just don't see this team winning in the first round. Let's move on to the next team. We got the Philadelphia 76ers. Now this is one of the weirdest teams to analyze, I feel like they're six, they're 29 and two at home. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, this I is mean, the maybe, biggest wild card in the NBA by far. Is Orlando home court for them or no? Like maybe it's this, this, the distractions. Not, is it being on the road or is it Ben Simmons being booed and it getting to his head? Like what is that factor in Orlando that going to make or break it for Philly? I think, listen, I just think, Ben Simmons has to stay out of the Kardashian circle. I think that's, I think that'll help him. No, no Kendall Jenner energy for him or whatever it is, but listen, they're playing now Ben at the four. I really like that for Philly with shake Milton. Shake Milton was playing really well for them. When shake ben Milton, man, he was so good. The shake and bake era baby in Philly. So you, you so you, now you have shake at the one he can shoot. Josh Richardson at the two, he can shoot. Tobias Harris at the three, he can shoot. And then you have uh, Ben at the four and Embiid at the five. I think just based on Philly's game against who they played the other day, I'm, I'm already blanking, but th- they played well from all accounts. And even though Shake was a one, that hesitation. Ben did shoot three, so that hesitation. It is a preseason game, so we'll see if that carries over in actual playoff time. Because listen, the pressure in the playoffs is going to be thousands of times greater than what it is in the, in the preseason. So we'll see if he's confident at that point in time. Cause I've seen him shoot threes in the preseason before, but regardless, I think it's a great sign. They're playing Ben at the four. I think it's much better for that team. It'll give them so, so much better spacing when you, you know, just put in a, another shooter, basically subbing out shake for Al. My question though, is Brett Brown was saying that he was, you know, going to try to play Embiid what, 36 minutes a game, which is fine by, you know, which is fine by me if, if Embiid's able to, great. But he also said that he wasn't practicing Embiid and Horford on the court at the same time. So now you're telling me you have Al Horford, a five-time All-Star, a great, a great player before he came to Philly, and you're going to only give him, what, like 10 minutes a game in the playoffs? Worst, worst signing. For me? For me, that just doesn't make sense. I, I feel like you need to figure out a way to keep him on the floor more. He's just too good. But I think it's like they can't. Like his style just doesn't work. I'm, I, I'm happy Brett Brown's not caring about the money. Like he's saying, screw that, yeah. uh, GM. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to play the players that are going give, to give my team a best situation. And like, so what if, he, if Horford plays last year? So what if he's going to cry on the sideline? Like you want to, you're trying to win okay. a championship. You don't like, have to. They're so much better when they play like fast 
And Horford doesn't want them to do that. I mean, Embiid's just not the fastest guy either. It, it, it's just an issue yeah, exactly. where you have two guys. It's just an issue where you have two guys that Embiid's a much better, much better player than Horford. But you have two guys who are just so overlapping in things that they do, and it just creates a big problem. And it, it's only exemplified when you have Ben Simmons, who we all know what his issues are. So that's the issue for me. I think it, if they're able to like put out lineups there where it's like Ben. Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson together and like Embiid and Chick Milton together. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, Horford with the Ben Simmons lineup. So like playing Horford and Ben Simmons more with Shake and Embiid more. I think that's what the team needs to do. It allows Ben to, you know, keep the ball in his hands a little bit more too. And But I think if, if the whole Ben experiment at the four works out how they envision it, this team from a talent perspective is everything you need to get to the finals, right? Especially 100%. in the East. They, I mean, 29 and 2 at home is no joke. That's the best home record in the league. I honestly think that they, like you said, they have, they could beat anyone. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I would be a little shocked if they beat the Bucs, but like, it wouldn't be like, oh my God, what? It's mm-hmm. not, like, if they beat the Bucs, like, I feel like they could have beat the Bucs last year. Um, they had Jimmy, but I don't know. And then I, I honestly think having no fans will be good for Ben's confidence. Like, on the road, I, 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 it seems like that all just got to his head. And I think he just needs to be silent, clear his head, and just play basketball. And I think that's, that's what makes Ben Simmons so good. Like, I think that if once he gets that, it'll be interesting. And that's, that could make Philly uh, pull off some upsets. Maybe. Yeah, I, right now they're matched up against Boston. I, I don't think it'll hold because I think they're going to overtake Indiana. But that'd be a very entertaining first-round series. Ooh, that would be very fun. That That's... that. I would not want to play Philly in the first round when you can play either mm. the Pacers, the Nets, the Magic. Oh, not at all. I would the Bucks. Yeah, not yeah. at all. The Especially Raptors, when you don't have home court much. advantage too. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on to the next one. I think the next two, the next three are going to be quick. Just going to rattle them off. Um. When we go through them, but let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. What's to talk about? They have a G League right. team they're sending out to Orlando. What's the talk about? Exactly. No one's playing. Seriously. Everyone has the coronavirus there. <laughs> I think that Kyrie mentality has gone on and carried on to the other players. Um, <laughs> the guys who, even their replacement, Michael Beasley, can't make it up. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> what's to talk about? Yeah, that, let's let's move on. I mean, I think even then, like the Magic are going to lose to the Bucks. At least the Magic are showing up, even I though they mean, had to only be, stay in the city. It'll be Bucks versus Nets. Um, it'll be Raptors versus Magic, most probably. That's those are the two that are pretty much set in set in stone. Unless the Celtics go undefeated and the Raptors lose all their games, but I maybe, think that's yeah. a, that's an easy maybe. win for the Raptors. It's mm-hmm. an easy win for the Bucks. That's an easy win, I think, for any team above them outside of Brooklyn right now in the East. There's just yeah. there's just in, in, there's just a big gap between like six and six, basically onwards. In the yeah. East right now, and, and the Wizards I, I don't even have Bradley mm-hmm. Beal coming. It's just this pitiful. It's the same for the Wizards. They're put, they're pushing out a G League team there too. Exactly, <laughs> and then you think that Giannis had a had a hard conference to win. Yeah, we're talking about it right now though. This is the <laughs> I'm talking about what already happened, dude. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie was balling, man. I kid, I kid, but yeah, that's that's the Eastern Conference, folks. What else? What do you think? Do you want to make a make a prediction on who's going to come out? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Let me ask you this though. Do you think Orlando will win one game in the playoffs this year? They won one, they won a game last year. They won the first game last year they played against the Raptors. Against Toronto, Do you think they right? can win one this year? Yeah. 
If they play the Bucks, no. If they play the Raptors, yeah. 4-1? 4-1, yeah. All right. I think, DJ Augustine yeah. season, remember that game? 98-99-98? That buzzer, yeah. Oh, I, how could you forget? I think, But I think this year it'll be the Markel Fultz show. Dude, Mar- Markel, uh, people gave up on him. He's going to be good. I agree. And listen, the other guy too, Jonathan Isaac, he was, he was a legitimate, like top five player for defensive player of the year before he went down. He's he insanely so good, defensively. good defensively. I, I don't know if, he, is he playing in the bubble? I don't know if he, I don't think he is. I don't think so. He hasn't waived his yeah. injury. Yeah. But so my pick out of the East would be the Milwaukee Bucks. That's a good pick. So, I mean, the Bucks are the favorite. Uh, I can't. Uh, it's got to be the Bucks. I have. It's got to be. It's, it's, like I said, if the matchups work out, I can see the Celtics doing it. But, like, that's just it's, – it's hard to envision the perfect situation working out for the Celtics. If the Heat were the Bucks, I would not be surprised if the Heat beat the Bucks, like, mm-hmm. like we talked about. Um, I, think, oh. I think the Heat beat the Bucks in – their matchups in the regular season. Yeah, I don't think the it, Bucks won any of them. It'll the the everyone wants a Bucks Lakers finals. I feel um, so if that happens, but sometimes it just doesn't happen as people want it. So we'll see. Stay tuned. It'll be it'll be a fun time. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another great episode of Outside the Zone. As always, this is Pav along with my co-host Doc, and this has been Outside the Zone. Hey, hey, hey.